0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, joined once again by my lovely, talented, and exceptional wife, <gasps> Sue.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> so, Every
1: week I get a new adjective.
0: I know, I'm running out. <laughs> <laughs> so Oh,
1: I'll come up with some for you
0: give you a list. (laughs) I'm sure you will. As teased last week, at the end of last week's episode, this week's episode, we are going to be focusing on a huge movie.
1: It's really big.
0: It's really, really big. Really big.
1: But it's not big.
0: No, it's not big. It's not big. It's a movie 65 million years in the making. (gasps) What could it be? (laughs) The movie whose sequel is coming out this week in theaters.
1: Oh, I can't wait to see it.
0: Yes. The movie, of course, is Jurassic Park. Released June 11th, 1993. Hard to believe, right?
1: Wow. I know. Yeah.
0: This movie was kind of the beginning of CGI. It was. It was. You know, there might have been some CGI used in movies prior to this, Mm -hmm. but not on the scale that this movie used it.
1: Well, yeah, that's true.
0: In fact, this movie revolutionized CGI so much that when George Lucas saw the work that was done in this... And how good it was mm-hmm. during post production on this movie. He saw that CGI and he said, "You know what? I think it might be time to do the Star Wars prequels." So, <gasps> thank you, Steven Spielberg, for doing this so we can have those awful Star Wars prequels. <laughs> <laughs> what a visionary! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that. There's there's some good things about the Star oh, Wars. Oh, there there's some awesome things. Yeah, right?
1: but we won't talk about Jar Jar Banks.
0: Okay, let's not get into that now. Okay, sorry, sorry. Steven Spielberg was the director of this movie. Everybody knows that. What people may not know. Is that he received $250 million from the film's gross and profit participations? I'd Not a bad say he'd payday. Be,
1: uh, pretty much set for life there.
0: Yeah, I would say so. So we had an opportunity to watch this movie again before we decided to do the podcast because we like to revisit the movies. Yes, we do. Because, you know, even though we've seen them a bunch of times, sometimes when you haven't seen them in a while, it's almost like a new movie again. That's true. And it's always fun to look back on how a movie like this has aged. And for a movie that's 22 years old, which is not that old, it holds up it's, amazingly. Yeah. I mean, it's just as good now as it was when it came I out. I think so. Yeah. I think that's the case with most Spielberg movies, yeah. though.
1: I mean, besides um, the fact that Laura Dern is wearing you know those 90s jeans the jean and shorts. shorts or whatever that yeah. are now called, what, mom jeans, I believe... <laughs> aside from that, I was kind of looking at like, you know, the way they were dressed and everything. And it was all just pretty much classic choices, you know, know. and it carries forward.
0: Absolutely. So Jurassic Park was written by Michael Crichton, famous author who has since passed on. Oh, that's right. He wrote the novel and was partially responsible for the screenplay. The screenplay was co-written by David Kep. He did the final draft. Steven Spielberg had him come in and kind of polish it up a little bit. Universal paid Michael Crichton $2 million for the rights to his novel before it was even published. Nice. That's uh, that's a gamble right there. That's saying something. Yeah. Michael Crichton's agents circulated the book to six studios and directors. Warner Brothers wanted it for Tim Burton to direct.
1: Ooh, that would have been a very different movie. Very different. Wow. Very dark, probably, yeah. right?
0: Columbia wanted it for Richard Donner, who did the original Superman, which we talked about a right. few podcasts okay. ago, and Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. and some other stuff. Fox was also interested, and they wanted Joe Dante to direct. Joe Dante is most famous for doing the Gremlins movies
1: oh, and okay. Inner Space. okay.
0: And Universal wanted Spielberg. Now, Crichton was reluctant to submit to a bidding war. He talked to his agents, and he said, "You know, put a set price on the film rights, and we'll decide who's going to be the studio that's going to be more likely to get it made. After interviewing all of the prospective directors, he agreed to sell the rights to Universal and Steven Spielberg, who was already his first choice. So it actually worked out well for everybody involved. So the release strategy for the film was planned 15 months before the studio had a chance to see a single frame of the movie.
1: That's trust.
0: Yeah, the story is so good. Yeah. And especially, you know, you put a story like this in the hands of Steven Spielberg, you can't lose. Exactly. So the movie stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Richard Attenborough, With Samuel L. Jackson and Wayne Knight, better known as Newman. Newman! Hello, Newman, from Seinfeld. Production dates July 1990 to August 1992 were the pre-production dates. And that included all the script writing and then figuring out all the effects that were going to be in the movie, which obviously was a gigantic undertaking, I'm sure. And then they filmed from August of 1992 to November of 1992. So uh, a lot of time spent making this film.
1: Mm-hmm. So And it had an estimated budget of $63 million. It grossed $402.3 million in U.S. theaters and went on to make more than $900 million worldwide.
0: Let me just stop you right there. That's almost $1 billion worldwide. $1 billion. Dollars. $1 billion.
1: Yeah, it broke records the weekend it opened. In fact, writer David Kep remembers the day it opened. He said, I was in New York, and I walked to the Ziegfeld Theater to see how it was doing. The guy comes out and announces to the big line, Ladies and gentlemen, the 7 o'clock show of Jurassic Park is sold out. And people go, ooh. And he goes, also, the 10 o'clock show is sold out. And they went, ooh. (laughs) And uh, also, Saturday night 7 and 10 o'clock shows are also sold out. And I was like, I'm not an expert, but I think this is very good.
0: Yeah. It sounded like they were at a fireworks show. (laughs) Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ha. (laughs) 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 It was the highest grossing film of all time until Titanic. Then, eventually, Avatar, both directed by James Cameron.
0: Yeah, so that guy, certainly no stranger to successful films That's either. That's true, too. Uh it won Oscars for Best Sound, Best Effects, Sound Effects, Editing, Best Effects, Visual Effects. So do you remember when the movie came out? I do. I remember seeing a trailer for this, and there was actually a sign that was outside of the theater, and it was the first time I ever saw this, that said, you know, warning, anybody with epilepsy or, uh, you know heart issues or blah, blah, blah. Be aware that there's a trailer that plays. I remember the trailer and there were, I believe the theaters had installed strobe lights. Oh. That that um, simulated the lightning in the, like the T-Rex scene wow. or something. It was amazing. It yeah. was like, you know, Wow. I can't wait to see this movie now. Yeah, that's a great idea. Even the trailer was an event.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember seeing the movie and the sound being so loud that it actually like you could feel it in your chest.
0: Yeah, that's apparently why they won the Oscar that, for Best Sound. Yeah, like with the T Rex when the T Rex first shows up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like exactly. amazing. Yeah. So the T Rex was uh, obviously a big part of the movie and caused a little bit of headaches. And you know, it was built by uh, Stan Winston's team. Who's a oh some you know, guy who knows a little something about special effects? Yeah, yeah, I mean you know he worked on Aliens, the Terminator movies. I mean this guy was yeah, like you exactly. know he was the top guy in the right. field. It would malfunction from time to time, and they had the scene where it was shot in the rain, and and when it got wet, it would do some weird things. And <laughs> producer Kathleen Kennedy says that the T Rex would would go into the heebie-jeebies as she called it sometimes, and it would scare the crap out of the crew. <laughs> They'd be eating lunch, and all of a sudden the T-Rex would come alive. Imagine that, right? Oh, my gosh. You know, when you're not expecting it. And at first they didn't know what was going on, and then they realized that it was because of the, the rain doing that, and people would just be screaming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, everybody knows that uh, T-Rexes are real divas to work with. Yeah. let <laughs> face it. I think they have an issue about their arm length.
0: Uh, they're all up in arms about it. Oh! <laughs> oh The big thing when you have a model of that size is safety. You know, you have to be careful. And they would have all kinds of safety meetings. The the T-Rex weighed 12,000 pounds. That's huge. Yeah. And was really powerful. And they used flashing lights to announce when it was about to come on to alert the crew. Because if you stood next to it and the head went by at speed, it felt like a bus going by. So imagine if you're not expecting that. That could be really dangerous. knock you off your feet. More than that, it would probably (laughs) knock you out. (laughs)
1: That's true.
0: Knock you right out of your shoes. Yeah. So,
1: And also, when the T-Rex comes through the glass roof of the Ford Explorer in that first attack, mm-hmm. the glass wasn't meant to break. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the screams from the children, yeah, they were real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, understandably oh, so. Oh, what I mean, good you know. children?
1: They, they express fear so well. Yeah. Well, they were terrified.
0: I mean, I would be scared when that big thing's coming at me anyway, exactly. even though you know it's controlled you know it's and all control, that, but, but... but when the glass breaks through and it's not supposed to, that's yeah. got to be horrifying. Yeah. The iconic scene, too, to kind of announce the arrival of the T Rex without seeing the T Rex. The glass of water that's sitting on the dashboard yes. of the Ford Explorer so was cool. made to ripple. The way they did that, they were trying to figure out a way to make it happen. They used a guitar string that was attached to the underside of the dashboard beneath the glass, and and the technicians created that effect. The did way that just came about, they plucked the string. They plucked the string, and the way that came about, two things. Steven Spielberg wanted a, an effect like that, and he was in his car. Listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire really loud, and well, the bass, yeah. and he would look in the rearview mirror, and the bass was making it vibrate. And said, "Oh, that would be a really cool thing oh, to yeah. announce the T Rex arrival."
1: Cool, yeah, that and, is. I mean, that's one of the main things I remember about the movie.
0: Yeah, and they were they the crew went through a lot of different things mm-hmm. trying to figure out how they're going to make that thing happen. They and and. Everything wasn't really working. So somebody had a guitar, and I don't know if they put a, a cup of water on the guitar and plucked the string, mm-hmm. and they saw that it did that. And I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. Uh, and then they sometimes. rigged it They rigged it up with the dashboard. Yeah,
1: sometimes the simplest answers are the ones that you have to go with.
0: It's really amazing. Yeah. You know, you think of all the money that they spent on this movie, and a guitar string yeah, a guitar is what string. creates That's that. Great. It's pretty cool. <laughs> A lot of different things were used for the sound effects as well.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. It's incredible. The the sound of the T-Rex's footsteps were created by cut sequoias crashing to the ground.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> that's, oh, prob- yeah, that's, that's probably that probably awesome. About- <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and then the roars, you know. Yeah. The T-Rex, when it first makes that loud roar, it just knocks you out of your seat. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And of course, like you have nothing to reference it to because it's not like you're sitting there going, oh, well, the T-Rex in my neighborhood doesn't sound like that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I mean, you're believing what they're giving you. Yeah, exactly. But it really was cool. It was a combination of sounds, right? Yeah. They
0: used a combination of dog, penguin, tiger, alligator, and elephant sounds (laughs) all put together Make a T-Rex.
1: Could you imagine mixing that? Uh, uh, take the dog down a little bit and give me a little more alligator. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I meant elephant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's the thing. You know, When you watch these movies, the creativity involved by the people that do the sound, the visual effects alone, obviously, right. you know, they blow you away. But you forget about how important the sound is, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. it's the score or the sound effects. The Foley artists on a movie are some of the unsung heroes of the film. Is Foley true? artists... They're the people who create all the sound effects using real-world things that you wouldn't expect. There's a scene in the movie where they're in the scientist's lab and one of the baby dinosaurs is hatching from the egg.
1: Oh, yeah, the little baby.
0: Yeah. One of the Foley artists on the movie, Denny Thorpe, he says that the sounds of the hatching baby dinosaurs were created by a combination of crushing ice cream cones. That's the eggshell breaking.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Squishing cantaloupe melon halves. That's the embryotic emergence. Ooh, okay. And goo-smeared pineapple skin represents the baby dinosaur flesh cleansing.
1: Oh, wow, wow. (laughs) And And after that, you can have a lovely breakfast because... There you
0: go. Put (laughs) together all the
1: ingredients. How nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because, you know, you wouldn't think... I guess the men and women who are Foley artists probably have a checklist of things, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, This represents uh, footsteps or whatever. Right, right, right. And it's pretty, it's amazing. Yeah, like I mean, the you think of the obvious,
1: like the door slamming, you right, know, exactly. the footsteps in the hall or whatever. Yeah, that's easy. You know, but you can't just have a T-Rex, someone going, ROAR! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that wouldn't scare anybody. No,
0: that would that would kind of get laughs probably more <laughs> exactly. than anything else. The version of the DVD that I have of Jurassic Park actually has a demonstration of that scene with the Foley artists oh, in the studio cool. with the screen behind them creating that. sound oh, I effects. I would watch that. Yeah, it's that's pretty gotta cool. That's
1: got to be one of the most fun jobs.
0: Yeah, that's got to be very interesting.
1: The sounds made by the Dilophosaurus, the ones that spit, okay, those were a combination of, of the sounds of howler monkeys, okay. hawks, rattlesnakes, and swans. Wow.
0: And the main cry of the Velociraptors was a combination of the sounds of elephant seal pups, <laughs> dolphins, and walruses.
1: Interesting. And the sounds made by the Brachiosaurs were a combination of whale and donkey sounds.
0: You have to wonder how they decide what animals are going to put together but it all works
1: yeah yeah <laughs> during the t-rex's escape it was originally written in the book and script that malcolm would simply get out of the car and run away the same way Gennaro does but when they shot the scene jeff goldblum suggested that he'd be more heroic and distract the dinosaur so grant could save the children
0: jeff goldblum's character actually was kind of cool because yeah. he's kind of questioning you know dinosaurs are extinct for a reason why are you trying to bring them exactly, back exactly you know? yeah in fact, Michael Crichton said that his views on science and genetic engineering are actually expressed by Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm, in the movie. And Steven Spielberg saw many of the parallels to himself in the character of John Hammond. And that's partly why he cast fellow filmmaker Richard Attenborough in the role. And it's an interesting side note that Attenborough won Best Director for Gandhi over Steven Spielberg for E.T. about 10 years before the release of Jurassic Park. Oh, so, interesting. So he got, And then mm-hmm. he gets to direct him in this, so that's yeah. kind of cool. Sam Neill actually injured his hand when he lit the flare that he uses to distract the Tyrannosaur. According to Neill, it dropped some burning phosphorus on him and got under his watch, ended up taking a chunk out of his arm. Ouch. Yeah. So the interesting thing about this movie, with all the hype over, wow, they're bringing dinosaurs back and mm-hmm. all that, there's only 15 minutes of actual dinosaur footage in the film.
1: So does that mean using the models of them? No,
0: meaning that nine minutes in the film are Stan Winston's animatronics. Oh, okay. Six minutes of the film are ILM CGI.
1: So out of the whole entire movie, there's only 15 minutes with dinosaurs in them.
0: That's correct. It's a are you two, kidding me? Two hours plus movie. Stop it. But the dinosaurs are spread out only 15 minutes of the time.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, Cuz I know of... in the beginning, you know, you like you're going through all the setup and everything to get there and then mm-hmm. they show them and then it's I mean it seems like they're there the whole rest of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I have crazy. a feeling
0: I have a feeling in Jurassic World that's coming out uh-huh. this week. It's probably going to be a lot more dinosaurs. I uh, yeah, I
1: have a feeling. A lot like, of the time. Yeah. well sure.
0: But generally speaking, any shot of a full dinosaur was computer generated, but shots of parts of dinosaurs were animatronics. Okay.
1: Where in the movie does it happen that Laura Dern and Sam Neill, like you see them on the ground and they're, they look up at the dinosaur?
0: That's uh, the very first time in the movie that they see a dinosaur. Okay. And they look up and they see the the brachiosaur, I think it was. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, the really tall one. Because it shows, like, the camera angle is, like, showing them. Right. But then it goes up, the brachiosaur.
0: Spielberg purposely shot it from ground level, shooting up, to make the dinosaur look even bigger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that
1: really gives you a sense of exactly how big they were. I mean, because, I mean, when you see a dinosaur on your, well, movie screen or TV set or whatever you're watching on at this point, you don't get the scale. Right. Like, even with trees there, you still don't get it because right. you don't realize how big the trees are. Right. But when you put a purse in there, right. that's really something.
0: That scene, when, when they first see the brachiosaurus yeah. for the first time, they were actually playing to a piece of paper with an X on it, okay. on like a long rod or something, oh, wow. or a crane or something. Oh, yeah,
1: so they're looking at the same place.
0: Exactly. To give the 1993 Ford Explorer XLTs the appearance that they were driverless and were running on an electric track, the SUVs were driven by remote from the rear cargo area of the vehicle. Alright, so the driver was hidden under the cargo canvas, which was always pulled closed during filming, and to see where to steer the SUV, the driver watched a small TV that was fed outside images via two cameras. Now, the one camera was mounted on the dash in front of the steering wheel, and the other on the lower center portion of the front bumper, and if you look... You can clearly see these cameras in the movie. Okay. The funny thing is, if you're it, looking though. for it, you'll see it. Yeah. And you go, oh, what's that all about? Okay. But you don't really think but about it. you kind of accept
1: it because it's... You're I going, mean, wow,
0: there's a car driving itself. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: So they were actually squished up in the back. Yep. Wow, the unsung heroes. Pretty cool. Very cool.
0: So Ariana Richards, who plays Lex in the movie, her audition consisted of standing in front of a camera and screaming wildly. Now, Spielberg wanted to see how she could show fear. Now, here's the interesting story here. Richards remembers that I heard later on that Steven had watched a few girls on tape that day, and I was the only one who ended up waking his sleeping wife off the couch, and she came running through the hallway to see if the kids were all right. So that is a good acting that job right there. That is realism. Could yep. you
1: imagine the casting director how many bottles of Tylenol they went through? Oh, Listening God. to all that screaming?
0: Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and in fact, um, after making the movie, Ariana Richards developed uh, a big interest in dinosaurs. And she went with uh, paleontologist Jack Horner on an actual dinosaur dig in Montana the following summer. Horner was an advisor on the film and was actually the inspiration for Sam Neill's character of Dr. Grant.
1: After Joseph Mazzella was turned down for a role in Steven Spielberg's Hook in 1991 for being too young, Spielberg told him that he was still impressed with his audition and he would try to cast him in a future project. Okay. Could you imagine?
0: You got to give Spielberg props for that. For first of all, making a kid feel good for yeah, not getting a part, and like, not just giving him a thank you that. next. Right, he doesn't have to do that. Yeah,
1: and then actually saying, "I'll, you know, I'm gonna try to try to use you." Well, mm-hmm. then Mizello was then cast as Tim in this movie. Mizello mm-hmm. said that after screen testing with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman for Hook, Spielberg told him, "Ah, don't worry about it, Joey. I'm gonna get you in a movie this summer." <laughs> <laughs> Mazzello said not only was it a nice promise to get But to have it be one of the biggest box office smashes of all time That's yeah, a pretty good trade
0: Yeah, not bad
1: Yeah, not bad well, yeah. I didn't get hooked but something big is around the corner
0: Let me tell you something <laughs> I would rather not get Hook and be in Jurassic Park yeah. Any day of the yeah. week Yeah,
1: nothing against Hook I love that movie
0: Yeah, but, you know Come this movie This movie is, this was, movie is yeah. one of the biggest of yeah, all time Yeah, I
1: love the scene where he's climbing the electric fence Yes, you know, while the power is getting switched back yep. on, and he has to, you know, count to three and jump.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, gets, and he gets, gets, gets fried.
1: Yeah, and he falls off, and then he sits up. He's like, <laughs> three, <laughs> and his hair's all standing up. Yep. And he's, oh my gosh,
0: yeah, very cute. Sometimes when you watch uh, when you watch movies and they have kids in them. The kids are, you know, kind of precocious, and mm, they're not, and they're yeah. not really convincing, and they're kind of just—it seems like they're just there for the cute factor, or whatever. Right, right, or yeah. But the kids in this movie were were very believable and very mm-hmm. realistic. They were great. Yeah, Excellent. and to
1: be realistic when coming up against, you know, an experience like this, which is completely unrealistic. Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Exactly, and the, the thing—the thing is too that Steven Spielberg, when he was casting this movie, he purposely was trying to cast actors that were just really great actors he wasn't thinking i have to have this star and that star he really just wanted to have solid actors and he did i think he cast really well uh, with that in mind
1: I think I remember hearing that Laura Dern had done a bunch of independent films at this point in her career. Mm-hmm. And she was working on, I think, Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage when she got the call to do okay. this. And uh, Nicolas Cage said to her, you got to you got to do this movie. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I don't think there's an actor alive who doesn't want to work with Steven Spielberg yeah, in true. anything, yeah. in any capacity. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's has a reputation for being an actor's director. Okay. And plus, the guy is, like, super creative. Yeah. So you know he's going to be just fun to work with. Yeah. In fact, Spielberg delayed the beginning of filming by several weeks to get the cast that he wanted. First, he allowed Richard Attenborough to finish post-production on a film that he had directed, Chaplin, which was Robert Downey Jr. I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah, And then he also waited until Sam Neill could finish filming Family Pictures. Hmm. Neill ended up only having a weekend off between finishing that film and starting this one. And that's probably a nice problem for any actor to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, working actor, that's what an actor wants to be.
0: Absolutely. It's great. And Spielberg actually did a really nice thing for all of the people in the cast, too. They all got a model of a raptor as a gift, signed by him. Ariana Richards has hers in her house, positioned like a guard at the gate. Nice. Laura Dern put her raptor model in her son's room near his crib. And when he was a little bit older and kind of started to understand things he saw it and it scared him so she had to put it in storage well
1: and... yeah there's enough <laughs> scary things in your room when you're a kid you know like your pillow that all of a sudden you think is a monster yeah exactly it's the nighttime and it's, it's a real having... monster under your bed oh right? my gosh yeah
0: so obviously every movie that we talk about on the podcast there's iconic scenes that, that you go back to and you go oh, what an amazing thing so what are some of the things about this movie that you remember
1: well I remember um, there's this scene where they're being chased by the dinosaur okay and um, I, I guess they're showing the guy who's driving and then they show the rear view mirror and it says objects in rear view mirror are closer than they appear <laughs>
0: right and the T-Rex is in the rear view mirror and
1: I remember seeing that like in the movies thinking what are I that's hysterical I love it
0: actually let's go back even before that okay okay, okay. the T-Rex arrives right right and you know, it starts wreaking complete havoc.
1: Well, that's what they do, right? <laughs> it's kind of what they do. It's not like they show up for tea. Yeah.
0: Well, they're they're again, they're pissed about their small arms. It's
1: true, they have small arm issues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so the T Rex starts, you know, destroying the SUV and doing what he's doing, and the lawyer takes off. Right. And the kids are in the SUV, going,
1: "He left us. He, he left us. He, he left, left us." us. Oh. Yeah. And so he then runs lawyer, off, like, to the outhouse.
0: He sits on the toilet yeah. and he starts doing Hail Marys.
1: Yes. And the dinosaur just reaches for it and... <laughs>
0: <laughs> picks him up.
1: Grabs him. And that's it.
0: Picks him up like a dog picks up a milk bone. That's
1: right. And then right. He, he
0: shakes him up and eats him. And, yeah. that's, and that's the oh, end of... Oh, so uh, funny.
1: And of course, everyone has to joke, oh, of course it happened to the lawyer. <laughs> right. You know. I remember Tommy had a blue and gold dinner one year okay. when he was still in the Cub Scouts. Right. And they actually were doing a Jurassic <laughs> Park kind of skit. Nice. And all the boys wanted to be the lawyer. <laughs> I want to be the lawyer. I want to be the lawyer. I want
0: to be eaten by a dinosaur. Exactly. That's great. <laughs> so then, after that, Jeff Goldblum's character Malcolm is hurt in that whole melee, right? Right. Because he's trying to distract the T Rex, right, You know, away was from the SUV. Jeff
1: Goldblum's idea, himself. right? As we said, very interesting. You know, to help the kids. Mm-hmm. So and he gets bench.
0: knocked over and he gets all injured, and yep. then like, so he's. They finally come back. Sam Neill eventually lures the T Rex away from the scene.
1: Okay. Does he is that where he does it with the flare? With the flare, exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay.
0: So then, so then, um, they get Jeff Goldblum out of the the, the crashed building mm-hmm. and they put him on the back of the SUV. Right,
1: right.
0: <laughs> and he's sitting there, and he's you know kind of going, I don't want to say I told you so, <laughs> right, right. And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden he he hears like the footsteps of the T Rex, mm-hmm. and you know, and he's seeing the vibrations of the trees or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And he says, and he really calmly, he says. I'm feeling mildly alarmed here, or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drive faster. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then they take off. And as they're getting away from the T Rex, he says, Is this going to be part of the tour? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, Snarky. the T Rex scene is, is amazing. Oh, yeah. And that's totally. a great one to experience with yep. surround sound, too. Yeah, it's yeah. just amazing.
1: Oh, you know, another one where the kids are, they get back and they're e- eating all that food with the mm-hmm. feast, and she has the jello on her spoon. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the jello starts shaking and her eyes get real big. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, oh, we can't even have a meal. They can't even refresh themselves.
0: Yeah. And then the raptors behind them. I love uh, two other scenes that are really cool. One scene is where the SUV is being pushed over the edge of the paddock wall. Mm -hmm. And Lex is on Dr. Grant's back. And they're trying to swing out of the way of the SUV (laughs) before it falls over the edge. Yeah. Timmy's actually still in the car. Right, right. And then the, it lands in the tree, and mm-hmm. then he goes. They get down to the bottom, and then Grant has to climb up the tree, right, to get Timmy out of the car before mm-hmm. the car falls down. Right. And it's a whole like it's like a gradual falling down the tree of the of the SUV. It's, it's very really cool. cool. Yeah, I love when they're when the kids are in the kitchen mm-hmm. and they're being stalked by the raptors. Right. Yeah. And the one thing that's really cool is when the girl's trying to like put herself inside the like the uh, the cabinet underneath. Yeah. The table yeah. and she's trying to close the door and mm-hmm. she can't get it closed and the raptor sees her and he goes charging towards her yeah. and he smashes into the side of mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. because he it's the reflection. Right. Very cool. Right.
1: Is it in the kitchen where the raptor fogs up the glass?
0: it's when the raptor gets to the door of the kitchen right right with the glass yeah and he breathes window. into the into the glass oh, oh and that's, that's another thing so that's another cool. thing now that you mentioned that the t-rex scene we're going all over the place oh my gosh. sorry folks but oh, this the is t-rex bad. scene this is really bad yeah that's right they'll, they'll they'll take the ride with us Okay. so the the t-rex scene when the T-Rex first puts its head down into the frame and the girl's holding the flashlight and she shines it into the T-Rex's eye and it dilates. Oh, so cool. Yes,
1: so cool. Oh, man. Love that.
0: Yeah, but then, then going back to the raptor scene, yeah, he fogs up the window. Right, right. And then they go in and I love when they're walking and he starts tapping his little claw. Oh, that's right. And he's like... <laughs> and he's doing like Morse code to yes, the other yeah. raptor. Oh, that's so cool. Very cool. Clever girl. You always love to read about who might have been cast as some of the performers in the movie. Harrison Ford was offered and turned down the role of Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill. Now, he felt that the part just wasn't right for him. After seeing the film, he says that he made the right decision. Interestingly, that
1: is interesting.
0: Interestingly, Sean Connery was offered the role of John Hammond, based on his performance as Indiana Jones's dad.
1: Right. Oh, I he love turned that it Indiana down. Indiana Jones movie.
0: And, you know, it's it's interesting to think that Harrison Ford, who's been in some of the biggest movies sure. ever, mm-hmm. could have been in one more big movie, yeah, possibly. Yeah.
1: And it's, it seemed like it would have been in his wheelhouse, but for him to say that, oh, yeah, I made the right decision, that's yeah. interesting.
0: It's kind of cool that Sean Connery, who played his father, was also right, offered a right. role in this. Richard Dreyfus, Dennis Quaid, Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson, and Robin Williams were all considered for the role of Dr. Alan Grant. Interesting. Sandra Bullock, Gwyneth Paltrow... Julianne Moore, Helen Hunt, Terry Hatcher, Elizabeth Hurley, and Sherilyn Finn all tested for the Laura Dern role wow. of Sattler. Robin Wright was actually offered the role.
1: Jim Carrey was considered, and Michael Keaton, Johnny Depp, Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and Michael J. Fox all tested for Jeff Goldblum's part.
0: Out of that list, I think Ted Danson and Michael J. Fox would have been the worst choices. Mm, probably. But I think Steve Gutenberg, yeah. Michael Keaton, and Johnny Depp all would have been probably good for different reasons. Gutenberg and Keaton were really good at the snarky kind of thing. Yeah. They've both played roles where they were very snarky, and right. I think that's a big part of the yeah. appeal of Malcolm. Yeah. And Johnny Depp, you know, has wow. the rock star aspect. Right. So, yeah, and, and he could do anything I
1: wonder much. if Tim Burton directed ah, if Johnny Depp would have been in it.
0: More than likely.
1: Yeah, they've been buddies forever.
0: <laughs> so Anna Klumsky, who was best known playing opposite Macaulay Culkin in My Girl, and she's actually gone on now as an adult to be in the show Veep on HBO with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She and Christina Ricci, better known as Wednesday Adams from the Addams Family movie, uh, they auditioned for the role of Lex Murphy, too. Interesting. There's a scene when Wayne Knight's character, Nedry, makes his first appearance in the control room. During his argument with Hammond, they're going back and forth about how much money he thinks he deserves and all that. If you look, you can clearly see Spielberg's first blockbuster, Jaws, Playing on a small video window on the computer. Kind of cool.
1: That's very cool. Do you remember the scene with the sick triceratops? Who could forget it? I know. You know, the
0: interesting thing about that scene, by the way, that was actually the first scene they shot.
1: That's right. Right.
0: Because Spielberg wanted the actors to actually see the dinosaur. Yeah. And see how real this was going to be. And they were blown away. The actors were; they were very emotional when mm, they saw that. In mm-hmm. fact, in the, that scene in the movie, Laura Dern cries, and I have a feeling that was real. Like that uh, yeah, might not but even that been
1: that. a genuine reaction, and it's laying next to that huge pile of poop. Yes, yes. Well, that. that the poop didn't actually smell. It Thank was... God. <laughs> Well, you know, where can you can't just go to the store and say, I need a big pile of dinosaur poop, please. (laughs) It was made of clay, mud and straw. Okay, They drizzled it in honey and papaya so flies would swarm near it. Sounds delicious. Mm, I'm telling you. And Stan Winston's team dug a hole beneath the puppet, and eight puppeteers below operated cables and push rods. The backside of the Triceratops had a door with three or four men inside.
0: That is one big Muppet.
1: That is ginormous. <laughs>
0: That's cool. It's funny because there was a picture that uh, ended up on Facebook within the last year of Steven Spielberg sitting next to the Triceratops. It looks like a dead Triceratops, and Spielberg right. sitting in front of him with a grin on his face. And would you believe there are fucking morons in the world who thought that he was a guy who poached a Triceratops and he was all proud of himself. (laughs) I swear, I kid you not. I kid you not. And there was all this uproar. I'm like, you idiots. Unbelievable.
1: Wow. Yeah, well, it's going to get the pro triceratop groups online all up in arms, isn't it? Yeah. Because we have to protect them. We don't want them to go extinct. Oops. Oh, never mind.
0: (laughs) So after meeting on this film, Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern became an item.
1: Oh, was Showman's? Yeah, yeah. Showman's.
0: Yeah, they were engaged for two years before uh, eventually breaking up. But oh,
1: well, you know, move yeah. on to different projects, and there you have it.
0: There you go, yeah. I guess. And there was a real life hurricane that there happened w- during production of this movie.
1: How fortunate? No, no, <laughs> never they fortunate. They needed a rain scene.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> they did use scenes from uh, the hurricane. It was Hurricane and Nikki were used in the movie, but they actually had to uh, shut down production and move. Oh, that's everything.
1: right, to another island to work while that was going on.
0: Yeah, and they ended up back in L.A. too, I think, on sound yeah, stages yeah. and stuff. Right. But uh, they actually did help with the relief effort. The head of Universal Pictures greenlit Schindler's List on the condition that Spielberg make Jurassic Park first. Spielberg wanted to do Schindler's List before this. Oh, okay. Schindler's List, it's been pretty well documented. That movie was very important to Spielberg on a personal well, level because sure. he's Jewish. yeah. yeah. I'm sure he would have done anything to get that movie made. Yeah, so. and
1: that's an incredible, incredible movie.
0: Yeah, and making, you know, one of the biggest blockbusters of all time in order to get that movie made, not really a bad deal. No,
1: <laughs> no.
0: I'm very excited to see Jurassic World. Me too. I hope it lives up to uh, the hype. I know that the sequels to this movie uh, hit or miss.
1: See, I was pregnant with Tommy when mm-hmm. the third one came out.
0: Which is better than the second one, which is interesting because Spielberg directed the second one.
1: Oh, well, who directed the third?
0: The third one was actually directed by a guy named Joe Johnston. He's most famous for directing Jumanji, a Robin Williams movie. Okay. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. So you were pregnant with Tommy when Jurassic Park 3 came out.
1: I was, and that just goes to show you how long it's been since there's been a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, he's Because he's going to be 14, be 14 yeah. this summer. But I remember it was July, and... I was past my due date. Tommy was late.
0: He was enjoying the womb service a little too much. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, man. I couldn't oh, resist. I'm sorry. Yikes. Anyway,
1: so I was late and obviously I was looking for things to do and just, you know, fill my time a little bit until the baby decided to be born. Mm-hmm. So one night we said, "Well, let's go to the movies." And it was, "Well, okay, let's go to see Jurassic Park 3." Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting in the movie theater watching the movie me and my big old belly.
0: So did your belly arrive like 5 minutes before you? Oh. Brother.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. Oh my gosh.
0: I'm cracking myself up at the very least, so.
1: <laughs> so, so you
0: got to the movie, your big old belly.
1: Every time a dinosaur roared, and of course it was so loud, the baby just kicked and kicked like crazy, and I just felt so bad. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, putting my my arms over my belly and rubbing and saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so sorry." <laughs> And now he's going to be 14.
0: And he loves dinosaurs still. Yeah, so.
1: it's true. Well, who doesn't?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you would think the trauma of hearing a dinosaur roar while he was in your belly. He'll be telling that to a therapist someday. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> So do you have any thoughts or screen facts of your own about Jurassic Park? You can email me at screenfacts at yahoo.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast, too. I'd love to get some feedback from you. And also, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Please, 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 because that helps more people know about this. I hope people are enjoying this. I do, too. I know I am. I am, too. All right. Check out my website, too, jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. You can get info about screenfacts.com merchandise there. If you want to get a Screen Facts t-shirt, they're made through Zazzle.com and the cool thing is Zazzle does discounts every once in a while so you can get a good deal on it too, if you're interested. Next week, going to cover another huge blockbuster. In fact, a movie that is considered to be the first blockbuster of all time, really. Really? Yes, I'm going to be talking to my cousin Warren for that one. Nice. And it's a movie that Spielberg says Jurassic Park he feels like is kind of a sequel to. What movie could I be talking about? You probably could guess. I don't
1: know. Do you think you guys will take a chomp out of that one?
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) I'll put it to you this way. It's a podcast next week that you'll definitely be able to sink your teeth into. (laughs) Join me again next Wednesday and every Wednesday for Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Bye-bye.